It's a never-before-heard mashup for the beginning of Our avant-garde musical group coming to you soon. And you thought that this was going to be a place within, but it's actually been taken over this week for avant-garde hymn mashups. Yes. That's a joke. Who are you? (laughs) I'm Ashlyn. I'm Christina. This is a place within where actually what we're really going to do this week and every week is get to the heart of our thoughts, feelings, and desires where we trust we'll find our gospel and the need, the gospel and our, our need for it. Our personal gospel. <laughs> and the need for it. No, the gospel, our need for Amen. it. Amen. Thank you. Um, <sighs> It's Easter. Yeah. I'm, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what we're going to be talking about this whole episode, I'm excited that it begins with it was good. It was, yeah, it was good. Yeah. So that was good. Yep. yep. It was Easter. So we did it. Happy Easter. Um, this is happy great. Happy Easter. This is great. So good. Um, so good. Something that has been really interesting for me, celebrating mass at home and like spiritual communion, that whole thing, um, is that I don't like, I don't hear like my usual 1970s hymns that I have mixed feelings mm-hmm. about. I don't hear them anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I stream mass from, like, cathedrals and Dominican houses. And there's all this chanting. I just want to build the city of God. Exactly. I'm like, can't I just sing city of God in my home? Where's, like, uh, how about this? um, You can. The Lord is kind and merciful. Uh, No, that's not one. Wow. I don't know that one. I feel like, well, there are some, okay, there are some that, like, I feel like I knew classic versions. And then when I went to a... I'm just going to say it. When I went to a Jesuit university, I found even more. Yeah. Like 70s yeah. folky versions of the same song that like the one that I thought was 70s and folky was like too tratty yeah. for the Jesuit university. So they brought in the bongo drums and the whole thing. Um, and that was really interesting wow. for me. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. I, um, well, all kinds of mixtures. <laughs> I had encounters in well on the easter vigil that i streamed from my home parish they sang the song even with just the two people which i was so thankful i've only really ever heard this song at our lady of adamant lakewood colorado okay and then i brought it to the university of maryland for one year um but it's called in the breaking of the bread and it is like a little cheesy but it gets me because 16 year old ashlyn who had just like encountered jesus for the first time the day before Mm -hmm. encountered him again in this like him where the chorus goes we saw him suddenly our eyes were open standing in our midst was jesus and we knew he was alive That's and great. i was like this is real like this yeah. is happening and basically it's like the end of the gospels or resurrection like yeah. nice little verses but you know like the road to emmaus is just so cool Amen. and so good and burning and i was experiencing burning. this actual heartburn yeah burning in my heart and then it was like, but it where our hearts not burning within us, we saw him. Suddenly our eyes were opened. Yeah. Standing in our midst was Jesus. And we knew he was alive. And I was like, I know that. So anyway, they're singing it. And it's too high. My dad and I are like scream singing it in our living room. And the dog is like freaking out because it's, I mean, it's too high. Uh-huh. We saw him. And it was just like really bad. But I was just also didn't really want my dentist to see. But I was just like crying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I feel that. So that was that was a little Easter joy. And then I was really shocked because I was really ready for kind of the like hip music church that I was um, streaming for Easter Sunday with my housemates. We were like, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to do Christ is Risen by Matt Marr, which we probably had already scream sung several times before 10 a.m. Mass. Um, we we're like, that's going to be the communion meditation. Like, I'm sure of it. And then it was, I am the bread of life. And I was like, did not, did not see that coming. <laughs> but oh, gosh. I, he will raise us up on the last day, people. Yes. We know because of the resurrection. Well, and it's awesome because when you're in the comfort, I mean, I want to go back to real mass and be physically present at the celebration of the mass. Um, But you can like kind of like try to harmonize and totally mess up and it's just in your house, you Mm -hmm. know. And I try not to focus on that anyway, but it it happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, so the theme of this episode is just other Easter joys, reflecting on the graces of our Easter season. So we're in it. We're going to keep going with it. Yes. Easter. Oh. How are we Easter people? So yeah, yeah, we're excited. We hope that you also have Easter graces to reflect on. Yes. And you do. I'm like, wow, that was like a decade ago and it's only Tuesday. Yeah. So let me let me um, let me tell the story. Yeah, you go. Tell the story. So I would I want to say like probably a couple of hours before Ashlyn and I recorded last week's episode, I received an email from the Daughters of St. Paul telling me to get ready for their online discernment retreat, which I didn't know I had signed up for. <laughs> so You're so I, good. I'd been like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, that's what I, okay, let me just tell the story. Okay, really, really tell the story. So um, a few weeks ago, but like before Corona and everything, um, I was in conversation with the Daughters of St. Paul about going on their discernment retreat, but I was having mixed feelings about it. And rather, and I was hoping that I would like get on the call and they would be like, all right, sounds like you should come or all right, sounds like you shouldn't come. Um, mm-hmm. But instead they were like, all right, sounds like you've got a lot to think about. Let us know if you want to come or not. And I was like, dang it. Um, <laughs> dang it. Freedom. We believe in freedom. <laughs> so um, I was still have like all like har- having this harrowing experience deciding whether or not I should go mm, and we'll nice talk word. about discernment one day and i'll share uh <laughs> when we're when about. we're old ladies out of the woods on that one we'll be yeah. we'll, well maybe okay let me sure. let me just if you're like listening to that you're like how are you not gonna talk more about that let me just say this and then give you some hope about maybe i'll talk about it eventually um or you can go back to the vocational angst episode but regardless um this is a quick sidebar. The Young Catholic Woman is coming out with a magazine called Vigil in May. And I wrote this long essay about discernment um, that contains a lot of like, I think, really good truths that I've been trying to put in action, but kind of struggling mm. with, but it's happening um, little by little. Um, but maybe as that gets closer, we can revisit the discernment conversation. But anyways, so... But I also, I don't want to be like... Because, you know, you might be sitting back and you're like, listen, stop attacking me. I didn't say that thing that Christina thought that I said, uh, which was, what? You're not going to talk about that? Sorry for that waveform. Um, <laughs> we talk about discernment pretty much every episode. <laughs> yeah, like, so. it's not vocational <laughs> discernment, but vocational discernment is built on principles of discernment that we're yeah. always active in or striving towards in the life of discipleship. Because that's like, not that we're like picking up some breadcrumbs, but listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, which is we're trying to do by understanding what's going on in our interior yeah is is the point yeah so i don't want that to be like belittling i think my tone is a little 
But yeah, that's <laughs> if if we're not always talking about December, we're yeah. kind of not doing what we want it to be doing. Yeah, yeah. We're so okay. Um, yeah, so it was like a little bit harrowing, and then when coronavirus happened, um, I emailed. Then this is like before everything had shut down, but I was still like kind of questioning and like worried about what was happening with um the virus so i ended up emailing them and being like hey like i don't know like with this whole virus thing i don't know if i'm still gonna travel but like i'll keep you updated i don't know if you have heard of this coronavirus yeah <laughs> but i'm worried about it but it was early on in the situation right, right, it was right. before everything had yeah. shut down but anyways um but i was like I, I i had had a conversation with her where i was like look i think like I'll come but this is kind of where my heart's at is that okay and she was like yes that's okay you can come no pressure um and so then I emailed her later after coronavirus happened and I was like I don't know she responded and she was like well we're gonna do an online version actually because we're we are canceling the retreat if you're interested in that let me know and I never responded because I kind of heard the idea of an online retreat and I was like "Eh, Mm. I don't know if I was like I was almost like all right well that's my answer because I thought I would like need to be among the sisters to like have any kind of revelation and now that won't happen um so that's like a circumstantial evidence here that i should just kind of lay that down and move on with my life for now um Mm -hmm. return to it next year if it's still on my heart um but then i received this email that said retreat starting and i was like oh maybe i should just email them and tell them i don't want to do it um but i just kind of had this sense of like you know you've been you were looking for a way to make this triduum holy from within your home you had a sense it was probably going to be difficult. So just say yes. Just just do it. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll do it. And um, yeah, within like the first, the way that they did it, if you're like, what what is an online retreat? What they did is they like, we had like a total of two or three like Zoom or phone conversations with sisters mm-hmm. or other people on the retreat. So it wasn't mostly like conferences on Zoom or anything. It was mostly they they posted videos and prayer guides on their website and encouraged us to like pray liturgy of the hours and participate in liturgies um, through streaming. Mm-hmm. So that was what it was. Um, and within the first hour of the Good Friday talk slash meditation, mm-hmm. like there were just like so many graces being poured out and like a lot of revelation about like, mm-hmm. you know, my desires and like my identity and who god is and everything and from there yo he just because okay so the retreat was like one talk on discernment and then everything else was about just like triduum and Mm -hmm. um the paschal mystery and like walking with jesus and the disciples in that so from there for me one of the major graces coming out of that was just like walking into like we talked about it last year with like being an Easter people mm-hmm. and I was still kind of like, eh, I don't really know what that means. And I don't really like, I, I had like an intellectual idea of what that meant last year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this year it really like sunk in spiritually that like wow. I am asked to walk in the light of the resurrection, which is like an inarticulate way of putting this reality that like, oh, I don't even know. I don't know, like, my redemption is radical and my belovedness is radical. And mm. um, and it is, like, imminently present. One of the yeah. ideas that was shared with us on the retreat, I don't know who said it, but it was, like, what is it? Like, his heart 
we like ask for his heart to beat with our hearts, mm. like in union with our hearts. Oof. And it just like through the resurrection, that is possible. And yeah. through our baptism, like being grafted in, onto his heart, that is possible. And it's mm. not only possible, like it is real. Um, right. If you like right. say yes to it. And I think like just being like immersed in like silence and in prayer um, mm. through the grace of the Triduum, like that just kind of came alive for me mm. and I'll wrap it up here like that I found that so many of like my fears as far as like I don't know like what it's gonna look like for me to live my life as a disciple of Christ and like mm. as his like beloved like yeah as his beloved um yeah it it means like I lost my train of thought, <laughs> but just like uniting my, my heart to his and like mm -hmm. with that, all of these fears will be able to kind of dissipate at least in those moments mm -hmm. when I say yes to that. And that as I yeah. walk in the journey, like those moments will become more consistent and like trusting yep. in that. And then I think the last thing I want to say is that so many of my fears were associated with this continued and we've talked about how it's false a million times but with this continued mm -hmm. perception of like god is judge and as me is not good enough mm -hmm. and like i don't know i just felt like i had a revelation on a spiritual level again like intellectually i already kind of like quote unquote knew it but more like within my spirit this reality that god is like actually far more relaxed than i think he is and i think now that i have more of a desire for like virtue for itself and like charity for itself mm -hmm. and like love of God for him instead of just for like how it will modify my behavior. I'm more able to like step into that like reality that he is not sitting there judging me and like hating on me for not being good enough. Well, and talking. like the reality is that he, he is a judge. God is a judge. You know, I don't want this to like, crap on what you just said at all but that like it was necessary for our sins to be atoned for but they were you know and that like jesus wed the church on the cross becoming one flesh with her that we're baptized into that mystical union and that like we've been redeemed like we are inadequate right and that and that we can like consent to becoming like a part of the redemption that was earned by jesus yes and this is so okay. Cool. okay so i um, what you should be asking at this point is how does what christina said fit with what ashling said and i am mm. going to respond <laughs> um, <laughs> um so this is the thing i think and and this like god is above our ways our ways are not god mm. god's ways i think i'm gonna like say this and it's too small a statement like it's not mm -hmm. quite true but there is a way in which i judge myself more harshly than god does um and it's not that like i have a greater sense of my sin than god does no like my sin hurts god more than it hurts me for sure mm -hmm. but like it's that it's that thing of like um this idea of like if i can't like if god forgave me if god redeemed me why am i holding on to my shame yep why am it's I saying to judgment. myself, uh, God, you forgive your sins less. Yes. God yeah. judges them more. 
mm-hmm. but he forgives them totally. Mm-hmm. He entered all the way into them and carried them upon himself. Right, right, right. And right. Like, and I think, I think what it is is that like the word judge has, I think, multiple meanings and connotations. And like yeah. theologically, um, it means something less like emotionally full of like modern bs um if that makes yeah, sense yeah i mean this like, is a I, stipulation but i think that like judge doesn't actually mean what how we use it yes, i think it's a connotation right, right. and not a definition entirely yeah so i think like the way that we're using it in the modern world like means a lot of like yeah yeah that, that like disliking you because of what you've done or like mm-hmm. acknowledging like that you are not good anymore because of what you've done mm-hmm. um which is more like the effect. Well, I mean, yeah, that is literally Satan's goal with shame. And mm. Um, mm. so I think it became clear to me. Like there were things that popped into my head that I hadn't thought of in a really long time um, that like just filled me with dread. And I was like, oh my God, what does that mean? And just yeah. like leaning into that with him and like actually handing that over to him on the cross yep. recognizing how much yep. it hurt him and then letting him like resurrect it yep. i don't know it, mm-hmm. it really did knock down a wall That's powerful. and sort of like i don't know i do feel like there is like a newness in my spiritual <sighs> life right now wow <laughs> yeah so exciting I know. it's i mean guys so we we stand triduum on this podcast um, oh yeah big time <laughs> big time and I think it's not just because I mean it is really cool how like the emotional realities of but this oh it's so good just like oh I, can I talk okay you say it and then okay I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna talk for 10,000 years like I usually do um but just like the emotional content of the gospel is actually powerful and it's like mm-hmm. the way that like God chooses to speak to us in this like crazy emotional, like hyper emotional language. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the intensity mm-hmm. with of like of the crucifixion and the resurrection is like actually emotionally mm-hmm. intense. And we have like in I don't know some some traditional circles there's like an aversion to the emotional realities of the faith, and it's like actually there's a perceived aversion. Yeah, yeah. He just like yeah. Well, I think there is an aversion in some people. Like, I don't, I didn't, I didn't say in actual yeah, but traditional Catholicism, but I think right, in certain right. traditional circles. Yes. Well, and I think, I, I think it's hard. Anyway, continue. But anyways, yeah. So I think like that there is a, um, that God intentionally used these like emotionally um, packed events mm-hmm. as like yeah. his life story to invite mm-hmm. us into his life. Okay. Right. That Like he didn't lead a, a, uneventful life it was filled with the drama of existence exactly. it was you know it is and it wasn't it's it, dramatic it, it's not past tense it's it's present tense for all time and eternity Woo-hoo! so i on holy thursday went to a uh, talk over zoom um, yeah, did. with a lovely priest um who just is his name is father scott harder and he's a priest in nebraska and he has this refreshing way of speaking that is quirky and chaotic and entirely relatable. Um, and something that was really cool, <laughs> and I feel bad. I meant to tell Christina this. You, Christina. That's um, me. It was amazing that we had recorded our um, last week's episode the day before I went to this talk. And everything that he said just really confirmed, like, what I believe the Holy Spirit brought about in that episode for really? us. So that was Ooh. very cool. Wait, what was um, our episode about was, last week? 
it was about the paschal mystery and like oh yeah redemptive like, suffering and stuff. looking yeah redemptive suffering and like yes. seeing the cross and like letting it be beautiful Dope. but something that father scott gave myself and the other women in this talk or who were listening to this talk permission to do was just to not force ourselves to feel something um or mm-hmm. to view entering into the triduum as like forcing god to do something or expecting ourselves yeah to experience something uh, but rather to just receive to attend and to receive yeah. um and to pay attention to what was going on inside of us it like the ways that we were reacting um which is something we kind of talked about last week with this like mindfulness of like how am i receiving this right now like what am i experiencing um from being present to these things um without and then he gave us permission to just not like make it something because we thought that it had to be that way so it's like it's like you can it's okay to on good friday be meditating on the passion and not get emotionally wrecked and it's okay you know six months from now to be meditating on the passion and get emotionally wrecked you don't have to decide what god's going to do for you on good friday Mm -hmm. you get to just be present and he's going to do something and it might not be what you think it's supposed to be and you don't have to be perfect he's going to come meet you you know so i think those are things um that we say and experience a lot. It was really nice to hear them and think about, yeah, just am I like, I had this experience where he was talking about like joy and I was like, Oh, I think I have like fears entering into joy around other people, you know? So it was, it was very thought provoking. And then I think that the Holy Thursday mass mass of the Lord's supper is just like such a cool celebration of being Catholic, you know? And I don't think that it's prideful or self-centered. It's just like, this is us. This is our life. Um, yeah. And this happens at every mass, but like, this is the day. <laughs> this is the anniversary of the mass and of the priesthood. Um, so good. And good Friday. I thought I was going to maybe get to receive communion um, because in a responsible way, there's one church in Denver that was having communion available at certain points during the week and so uh we thought that maybe it would be available we being two of my housemates and I and we went and it wasn't and a lot of people I think it was good Friday but also caught on that maybe this is a potential and so there were just more people there than they could have in the church so we waited outside in line uh we had expected to attend the stations but there were too many people there which praise God for that so we prayed uh, the sorrowful mysteries outside and there was a woman ahead of us in line, like six feet ahead, and we're all wearing our masks and stuff. And she pulls out her rosary and is praying with us. Nice. And um, it was just so beautiful to see and experience that. You know, just we're standing on the street outside this church, this like public witness without being, look at us, look at us, you know, um, praying together and reflecting and meditating on our Lord's passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Lots of prep at our house um, that I was kind of a part of to decorate and stuff for Easter. But I was listening to Brideshead Revisited by Evil and Hua on audiobook because it was been it had been on hold on my little library app for over a month. And it was due that day. And I just was like, okay, I got to cram it today. <laughs> so that is a very interesting book, everyone. Have you heard of it before, Christina? I think I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Okay, so... In the intro session of a focused Bible study about salvation history, 
Kevin Cotter, who wrote the Bible study, gives a little video talk about Evelyn Waugh and this this British author from the 20th century who had a conversion to Catholicism. And um, this is one of his like post-conversion works. Um, so I had known about it for a while and then finally read it for a little book group that I'm in. And it is a fascinating and thought-provoking book, but it is about like very messy people um, and kind of centers around this guy and his relationship with this very Catholic family in the in, in England between the First World War and the Second World War. And um, yeah, I was just, I still have been kind of swimming in how God transcends into beauty and like our experiences and our love of beauty or the love of beauty. Maybe not everyone has a love of beauty, but the protagonist, I guess he's like, I don't know, the main character mm-hmm. of the book. Um, he's not always that sympathetic does have this like love of beauty and no faith and how the Lord over a long, long period of time and a lot of really rough circumstances and a lot of brokenness and sin still like enters into this man's life through his love of beauty. Nice. Um, but brings up a lot and it's like in suffering in conversion that like he finally encounters the Lord. Um, but it is a really fascinating book. What's it called again? And Bride's Head Revisited. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't want to over talk that without any context. That can't, but it's just so interesting, you guys. Um, but a little spicy. Not more spicy than Downton Abbey. It's like a Catholic Downton Abbey, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but only about the one family. A little so interesting. Um, and then Easter Sunday was lovely, filled with cooking and dancing and photo shoot and scream singing but then yesterday watched the movie a hidden life have you seen that not yet okay it's super long and it's got mixed reviews and i do that arrogant willful ashland thing where if someone else doesn't like it then i'm like you did it wrong you know and that's not fair or true what that they don't but, that they they analyzed it wrong or they watched it wrong they just weren't open enough because <laughs> oh. it's it is like in my i mean it's art it's the way that the film is set up is to celebrate a couple of things that I would love to reflect on a little bit. Wait, One is... Okay, yeah. Can I just ask the for what it's streaming on? Um, I bought it. Um, okay. So it's not for free. I bought it on Amazon. Was it like 20 bucks? Yeah. Okay. All right. Go on. Um, now I'm ready to hear. <laughs> but you can rent it for six bucks. Okay. Um, but I kind of knew that I was going to want to own it. Uh, it's about a real person who is blessed franz i should have looked up his last name is long and and germ well it's austrian oh i thought it's you long. meant that his name was literally long i was like oh so you know his name it's franz long franz long no franz <laughs> jaeger hunter all right blessed franz go on jaeger stetter okay jaeger stetter all right franz um, I'm ready. oh my gosh all right fine i'll get to the point <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, I'm the one who interrupted It's okay. <laughs> How much does it cost? <laughs> I know, I'm like, bless whoever's Did you pay with this. your we debit just ramble. card? <laughs> 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 Do you have a PayPal account? <laughs> Do you want me to tell you what it is? Here, yes, okay, ready, everyone. Ready, this, ready. Is, this is my Amazon login, so you oh can go and watch it. No. Okay, I'm um, ready. <laughs> But it's called A Hidden Life, and it's like, how someone who did something really heroic so this man really did become a martyr and was killed 
by the Nazi regime for refusing to swear an oath of fidelity to Hitler, um, which was required for everyone that was called up to fight during World War II. They were required to swear an oath of fidelity to Hitler, and he refused to do so and was imprisoned and then ultimately killed. Um, but he's just this Austrian farmer and it's a very, very slow moving movie. It's very long. Um, and there isn't tons and tons of dialogue, but it's the point of the film and the witness of this man's life is that by doing simple things for God and living out your vocation faithfully and Mm. yeah, just striving to discern the right thing and do it. God sanctifies us. And that sometimes brings about suffering. There was extreme suffering when this man had to choose to leave his family, the wife, the suffering of his wife to know that she was attached to her husband and wanted him to be there. Mm -hmm. But the, like to really, really feel that and let that like attachment be crucified in, in their marriage. Um, is so, so radical. Um, and it's, it's like heartrending. Yeah. Um, but it just affirms truth. And I think a very beautiful way that draws the audience into the simplicity that is beautiful about this life, um, that isn't common in cinema, uh, that isn't common in storytelling. But like, I think that when we look to those things to be examples, then we don't see that that is valuable and that God wants it. And we misunderstand him so much, um, that like in, in the little ways, like God gives us grace through our vocations and through just the activities of our life and our work, um, that he allows us to choose him and that he allows, he sanctifies us through suffering. Um, it's just very, very loud and clear in this movie. Um, but there's this part where this lawyer, after he's already been in prison for refusing, he's been called up and he refuses to make this oath. So they put him in prison and his lawyer is like, Hey, if you just sign this, you know, you don't even have to go into active combat. You don't have to kill anyone. You can just be medical. Um, but if you sign this paper, you will be free. And his response is, I am free. Oh, (laughs) I know I died. I like actually made that noise uh, when I'm watching this. Yeah. And um, sorry to have taken away a really impactful part from all of you, but there's, there are some other good ones that I will not divulge. And so then the lawyer says, you know, well, if you're free, then why are you in here? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that is just so powerful. It was so humble and so powerful. And it was just like, we live in the truth. And so all that, why, why is this relevant? Why am I still talking about it? a, cause it's beautiful and it's the witness of a saint, but why is it relevant to Easter? Like we live in the truth. And the reality of the crucifixion and the resurrection of our Lord always exists and always is present to us, not just during like 80 days after Easter or 50 days after Easter. It's, it's our life. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is so amazing. Yeah. I love how like the season of Easter and the season of like Triduum happening once a year, Lent happening once a year, like, um, I feel like it just like sustains in us. I mean, that's the, that's the reason for the liturgical year, mm-hmm. but I have an appreciation for it right now because it like sustains in us the reality of the Paschal mystery and of the resurrection, like that we mm-hmm. are always free and it like these 50 days sort of like awaken it in us so that it can be sustained for the rest of the year. And like every, every year it's um like when we're immersed in it. And I mean, it, like you said earlier, it can happen at any time in the year, but I like in the wisdom of like having that um 
it's so cool how like something new is revealed every time and like mm-hmm. it deepens mm-hmm. even if it if, even if you're in a spot of dryness during it like yeah. there's still like something there to be received and mm-hmm. to um to like speak into god's plan for like your relationship with him and it's always yes. there it's so good it's so good he's he is leading us um that he's the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep and that we're we're the sheep yeah we are we just get to follow we don't have to be in control yes um but he will use us <laughs> like mm-hmm. and it's not that like we're helpless and stupid mm-hmm. but it's not because we're you know capable and smart that he wants to use us it's because he loves us right um hmm. so good wow yeah how is it what is your like emotions been around um doing it i mean we talked a little bit about it but just getting mm-hmm. more into it about celebrating easter at home like what is what's been your where's your heart on that um I glossed right over Easter Sunday, but I remembered there was a really good nugget. There were lots of good things that happened, but the homily from Father Brian at Our Lady of Lords in Inglewood, Colorado, he was talking about how we don't go back. It's not that like Jesus resurrected from the dead so that his apostles could go back to the way things were before. Nothing yes. will ever be the same. Um, and how it can be a little tricky after this season of penance and fasting to think that um, or to behave like having those things that I was fasting from is like going back to the way things were. It's right. like I desire to have become a new creation in the yes. last 40 days. Um, and in the last 24 hours in the last moment, you know, I like, um, and so yeah, already it, it's been hard where I'm like, okay, I gave up watching YouTube videos for Lent and I'm like, I don't miss that. I don't want YouTube on my phone. But then there's that, like, what did I miss while I was gone? And then all of a sudden you're, like, down the rabbit hole again. (laughs) And I get to encounter, like, wow, that did not bring me joy, you know? Mm -hmm. Even through, like, Easter failure, you know? (laughs) Like, Easter joy and Easter failure can still, like, affirm the goodness and the beauty and the reality of the resurrection. And my, like, my total dependence on it. Um, And I'm really thankful to have community within my home. Um, that also wants to have Easter joy and that we've been able to like pilgrim together through the, we were able to pilgrim together through the Triduum was really a gift. Um, and so, yeah, I love the spring. It's kind of funny. I love the spring and I've had lots of really good springtime experiences. Um, but it's been snowing since Easter Sunday here. (laughs) What? So that, um, hasn't dampened my Easter joy, but I haven't seen the little easter outside joys wow um denver really is like maryland but more that is crazy (laughs) how about you christina yeah um i think like for sure my reflection from last week about like jesus meeting the disciples in the locked room i think was something that sustained me all the way through and i think will continue to um so i think that the solidarity with like the disciples at a time like you know at when they first celebrated the resurrection, it was like, oh, okay, so now we're going to die. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, like, having the joy in that. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. not that, like, we're going to die, but just, like, that that was their extreme version. And so for us, this like, okay, so we have to stay inside and whatever. It feels mm-hmm. more, um, like, attainable to have Easter joy because it is so, like, biblically rooted, like, um, mm-hmm. to have suffering and 
within your like experience of the resurrection Mm. within joy um yeah and i think another reflection that actually came to me later on was i was thinking about um so i i ended up celebrating the liturgies thursday and friday by myself um just like Mm -hmm. in my room um and then with my roommates for easter vigil and easter sunday which was great um and i wasn't like too sad about being by myself like praise god i I don't know why I wasn't, but because usually I am, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. but I wasn't. And, but I, I thought about it, like how many people like in our state of life, especially, um, who are single and like longing for companionship or in, living in a city with like less community than what they're used to, or just not able mm-hmm. to go be with their community or whatever. Um, how many people are feeling lonely and like sad that this is such an, a lonely time while mm-hmm. it's still Easter. And then I thought about Jesus meeting Mary Magdalene and mm-hmm. just like, yeah, she had a community for sure. But like when he met her, she was alone and she was mm-hmm. weeping, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and part of her like weeping was like, yeah, feeling alone without mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, and then actually being alone. <laughs> um, so I think that, I don't know, that also kind of consoled me. Um, Mm. So I think I've just really been seeing how, like, even within the resurrection story, there is this sort of, like, existence of human suffering. Um, Yep. And it's been really cool to, like, experience within my Easter celebration. I feel like I've seen it with a lot of my friends, too, that like the joy is something that really is overpowering our and not like not eliminating it but certainly overpowering like our well, fear yeah. and our anxiety and our loneliness whatever and yeah. to like oh hold this balance between like experiencing our emotions and not letting like our emotions dictate reality mm-hmm. or like assenting to realities that are not reflected in our emotional experience Ascending um, to reality, yes. That's, like, yes. a, a w- real, like, work of discipleship in this yes. life. Um, but While acknowledging I the mean, emotion. Right, like, very, I don't know the exact timeline, but, like, <laughs> we can be kind of simplistic, and God doesn't look down on our childlike hearts, but mm-hmm. it's, like, it's not about candy and coffee, you know, <laughs> like, right. Easter joy. Um, it's... It's about so much more than that. And it's not that like we were just sad for 40 days so that way we can be happy for 50. Right. It's that like we've been purified so we can drink even more deeply. Yes. From this incredible reality. Yes. But what happened to the apostles in the light of the resurrection was that like, I mean, like St. Stephen gets martyred and we reflect on that during the Easter season. Like the um they go to their deaths Mm -hmm. like like peter and paul no i mean so all of them like these apostles are like getting stoned and getting persecuted and they're counting it as a blessing because they get they see that they get to live the life of jesus who rose from the dead you know and that that's exactly what we're called to that it's not that oh how could i ever be sad during easter it's that like jesus has made meaning from my sadness yes and that the resurrection overpowers my suffering that doesn't mean that i don't go into it or that i avoid it or that i cage it up and pretend like it's not there it's that i enter into it and know that 
God has not abandoned me. Yes. Even if it looks like he has. Yeah. And we see it in the saints. Um, like I, so for good Friday, I ended up praying the, um, abiding together posted it. Um, Mm -hmm. the stations of the cross from St. Faustina's diary. Mm -hmm. And like you see it so much in, in saints like her, um, like we talked about last week who like revel in their suffering, um, without it being like a, all about their emotions. Like it just is about the reality of the Paschal mystery being lived out in their experience that it's like Mm -hmm. concurrently there is this like intense, um, like reality of suffering with this. Yeah. With the reality of joy at the same time. Um, Mm -hmm. just a quick like reflection from that. One of the, one of the really powerful images from that is in one of the stations. It's like, she talks about how she sees Jesus like totally beaten up and everything. And then he Mm. says something like, um, the, like the beloved must look like her bridegroom or must resemble Mm. her bridegroom or something. (laughs) And it's like, I I feel like that really does sort of wrap this, like, or encompass that, like Mm -hmm. that there's this like bridal joy of being united Mm -hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. But part of being united with him is being crucified with him. And when mm-hmm. you're crucified with him, you can be glorified with him. Spectacular. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Hallelujah. Amen. Anything else exploding in you? Yeah, I think that watching A Hidden Life and some of the powerful and poignant lines in that really exploded my soul. It's very good. Cool. Um, awesome. And bonus explosion is just bonus how the longer <laughs> we're in video call mode, I think I've seen a lot of openness from my family, from teammates, from friends is just like cutting the crap and um, just getting, getting into the real meat and potatoes a little bit more. So that's been an unexpected grace oh, cool. by meat and potatoes. I just mean like not talking about idle things. How oh, about you, Christina? Awesome. Um, <laughs> let me talk about what exploded my body first. Um, <laughs> okay. In a kind of not creepy way. Physical uh, and then. Ex- are you ready? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me. I want to know. It's not what you think. I mean, I don't know what you think, but it's it's not a surprise. So uh, I didn't drink like alcohol during Lent, except for on Sundays, I would have like one beer or something. And then mm-hmm. on Easter, we had mimosas. And then I spent Easter mm-hmm. evening <laughs> feeling very ill. <laughs> Oh no! Throwing up. <laughs> I did think I was like thought it was that kind of explosion, and then I was like maybe it's an explosion of dancing, and then it oh, wasn't. Oh, that too. Oh yeah. Then okay. Well, actually, that's perfect because what I was gonna say, I was like, I already said enough like spiritual explosions, so I'm gonna go with the uh, more just like going back to my reflection from Disneyland about like how God just like gives us. I'll I'll share that again another day, but how God just gives us like these little things that just delight us that have no purpose other than delighting Mm. us. Um, Although Mm. let me not say that this is that, but anyways, our dear, our new newest pop friend, pop music friend is a little boy named Conan Gray. He's not a little boy. He's a 21 year old man, but this album really, really got me moving. And I just really really got to dancing around and posting on Instagram about it. So I love it so much. Yeah. Christina's a great dancer. It was fun. So good. And with that, we're so thankful that you're here. We are wishing you a very joyous Easter. Um, 
a supernaturally joyous Easter. Yes. And if you would like to follow us on social media, you can do so at APW Podcast on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can email us at APWPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, please go ahead and give this episode a rating or share if you so desire. And 